You are listening to the End Light Podcast Network, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work comedy Star Trek podcast, and Pop Off, the movie review podcast. Also, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood. Finally, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of Ninjas vs. Monsters. All of these can be found at endlightpodcast.com or by searching EPN on iTunes. Search EPN on iTunes and subscribe to all of our free, fun shows. All from Endlight Entertainment. Awesome lives here. Welcome to Pop Off. My name is Justin, and I'm Kelly. And and today, uh, what you're who? <laughs> Kelly. I'm not used to you. Remember me? No. I no. live upstairs. You live upstairs. <laughs> Aren't you the person who's upstairs, like wondering when RJ and I are going to get finished? Yes. Um, I'm but- that person that pops down every now and then and hands you guys drinks uh i do like you for that <laughs> i do like you for that but um you're back so so this is i guess harry Popoff. we're back yes um after like over half a year yes where did you go and, and you all waited so diligently oh yes yes it's, and it's been so okay so Popoff's been gone um and a couple weeks ago i posted a hey don't worry we're not dead um, but we've been gone. RJ left. Um, as I'm sure those of you listening, uh, know RJ has gone to Hollywood. Um, yes. and, uh, he's not left the network though. Uh, he has his own show. Um, isn't so, it called like RJ goes to yeah, Hollywood Garrett and Garrett and RJ, uh, go Hollywood, ah. um, with his friend Garrett and they are in Hollywood struggling to, uh, become like entertainment people out in La La Land and having various successes and failures. And uh, it's kind of fun listening to them uh, do that. But that's not what you're here for today, guys. Uh, this is uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. I have to come up with some sort of funny name. Uh, Kevin Smith called it uh, Harry Potter and the Harry Scotter and the Order of the Penis. Um, mm. uh, we can't go that way because um, <laughs> your parents occasionally listen to the Harry Potter thing. Yes. So I have to curb my normally bad language that I would have with uh, RJ. Um so uh, I guess we'll just get into it. Um, welcome back. Thanks. I, I'm excited. As a co- I'm a little rusty. As a, uh, well, as a completist, I'm just excited just that- Just kick me every now um, and then if I'm sitting here with a really? blank look on my face. Can I? <laughs> yes. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> How many Ready? wives give their husband permission? Please kick me. Kick me right now. Just <laughs> whack me right in the gut. Um, all right. So today we were talking about the uh, fifth film in the Harry Potter series, an important film for a lot of reasons. But let's go through the stats real quick. It's uh, directed by David Yates. Uh, it's uh, based on the book Harry, Co- Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix by J.K. Rowling, starring Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant and Emma Watson. Uh the music is by Nicholas Hooper, based on themes by John Williams. Um, it is a Warner Brothers picture. It was released on July 11th, 2007 um, in the United States. Its running time is 138, minute, 138 minutes. Uh, it was budgeted for $150 million, and it brought in $939,885,929 in the box office. Wow. Um, so that is return on investment. That's... That's like six times the investment. Um, it made a bunch of money is the point. Yes. Um, For good reason. Uh, it is a good film. Um, it is uh, an important film in the series because this is the uh, the introduction of David Yates as the director who will go on to direct the continuation all the way through the end of the Harry Potter films. So this I didn't realize that he actually directs all the rest of them. Yep. This guy's uh, style, this guy's attitude uh, permeates all the rest of the films. They all sort of feel connected to one another from here on out. Whereas I would say this one doesn't feel terribly like uh, Goblet of Fire, which yeah, came before. Definitely it. not like the very first one or the or the second one. I'd say in tone, it's very close to Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, it, Is that the one right before this? Yeah, that's the one with the time traveling and yeah, the, yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's, you know, very gray, it's colors, lots of blues, lots of grays, um, lots of angst. Uh, so, uh, would you like to do a plot summary or shall I? Uh, could hmm. you, could I summarize You want to try it? and then I will, I will. So I literally just rewatched this last night and tonight. And you can't do it. <laughs> really? So there's this guy. He's a wizard. He's got a wand <laughs> and glasses. All right. All right. We, we open on the Warner Brothers logo, which immediately you can tell something is different because when the music starts off, it's the familiar Harry Potter theme, but it goes into a minor key. It's really kind of discordant. 
Um, and you can tell you're in for something new. Um, the second thing that is new is right after you see the Warner Brothers logo go away, you are in um, the Muggle world. Uh, yes. which, uh, and not in, so we've been in the muggle world before, but it was always kind of stylized, almost Tim Burtonized, uh, the muggle world of Harry Potter. This doesn't seem stylized, uh, until you get into the Dursley's house itself. This could be at any park. This doesn't seem, you know, like, like in the first Harry Potter, the neighborhood, all the houses looked exactly the same. All the, even the muggles were almost cartoons. Um, in this, yeah, this looks kind of real, just kind of bluish. Well, and only bluish, blue real, but not bluish at first. It starts off a nice normal tone, a nice yellow before the Dementors arrive. But we'll get we'll get there. Um, Harry's at a park and he's sitting on a swing. And who comes up? His what is he? His cousin, I guess. Yeah, Dudley. Dudley, who is a royal brat. Yeah, and dressed all like nineties like, gangster. Yeah, really strange. And he's got all these friends, and they're like were apparently just picking on a 10 year old or something yeah. and he uh, thinks he's so cool but it's still it's still uh it's still a bit cartoony because like but this time he deserved it so <laughs> clearly dudley is still trying to play it for laughs he gets injured at some point in this and his eyes are sort of crossed and the dursleys and dudley are still trying to play this for laughs um i would say it doesn't fit yeah i'd be honest uh this scene uh, in the book always read to me as being much more sort of sinister and and this you know at first it seems sort of sinister but then Dudley is playing it for yucks and it it it's the first little it's what kind of the only thing that that doesn't really jibe with me in this film um it's uh it just him and the Dursleys they're they're kind of still so over the top that it, it seems misplaced uh for the reality at the beginning of this film yeah and also I'm used to there being sort of um, bookends of the Dursleys and... Um, well, not Goblet of Fire. Were the Dursleys even in Goblet of Fire? I, I don't even I don't know if they remember. showed up. I think we just started... But if they are in it, it's typically not... You just see them. Like, this was the, this is the only time you see them in the film is this yeah. tiny little bit at the beginning. And then it's like, Well, okay. you never see them. At the, you actually, you never see them at the end of the film. But you, well, you always see that he's like going back home or something. So yeah. Even if you don't see you, them, well, you see like in this, this you this see them idea. for like one second. They're like there, and he's you know. Yeah. So so they go and and uh, as everybody's standing around, Harry Potter loses his temper. Grr. Um, he's ready to fight. He's ready. I mean, and this is the first bit. He pulls a wand and puts it under Dudley's face. Yeah, which is kind of weird because. I thought that usually there, I mean, not just yeah. the whole like not supposed to do magic, but like there's kind of supposed to be incognito and he's right there in front of all Dudley's friends. And, yeah. And they all actually kind of like, well, when he like, pulls the laugh wand, at him. Yeah, except for Dudley, except for Dudley, yeah, he but knows. The, all the friends kind of laugh at him. Like, who's this twerp? What's right. he doing? With so the let's, wand? let's, let's talk about that because that's, that's the first bit of Harry. I think that's an inappropriate move by Harry. I mean, we talked uh, earlier about how, um, like in one of the earlier podcasts, how earlier, like a year ago. Yeah. When, <laughs> when Voldemort killed uh, Harry's parents, uh, that he showed up and he did, you know, he had the ability with this wand to kill them. And that that is essentially it's like showing up when when Harry survives. And I, this is stolen a little bit from Smodcast. But when Harry survives, uh, it's because essentially Voldemort pulled out a big gun, shot it at Harry's face. It bounced off and hit Bo Voldemort. Um, these wands are deadly. These wands can kill you. They're at least as deadly as a knife, uh, almost as deadly as a gun. Um and Harry has pulled it out and put it right under his throat. Yeah. And that is that. I mean, that that is I would say it's one thing to lose your temper, to get mad. To, but Harry has essentially threatening. I'm going to kill you. It's very threatening. I'm going to kill you. And that that's a change in Harry. Um, and I don't not not say again. I think it's. It's meant to build tension, but I don't think it's something we carry on with the angst in the film. But I think that level of violence. I mean, that's assault with a deadly weapon right there yeah well yeah. it's uh, i think it's also kind of a hint at things to come because throughout the movie he keeps making these choices where it's kind of comparing himself to voldemort so uh, i just see that as like the first 
the first yeah. one of them. It's just these little yeah. things well, where it's like, interesting. you know, very similar to Star Wars um, to... To Anakin versus Luke. Is, yeah, it, is Harry going like, to follow in, oh, in Voldemort's... Gonna, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. So um, so what happens? Harry goes, uh, uh, goes to threaten Dudley and suddenly Dementors show up and they run into a tunnel and... Harry is now an expert at the Patronus. He's able to to knock them away with a magic spell, um, and he carries Dudley home. That the Dursleys are like, "That's it, you know, you're in trouble now." And at that moment, the Ministry of Magic says, "You at that moment of Ministry of Magic uses you uh, of Ministry of Magic uses you and your underage, f you." You are expelled. Expelled from Hogwarts. Now, this is uh, again an interesting thing. Can the Ministry expel people from Hogwarts? Um, apparently. Yeah. Interesting. Apparently because they have, they're, they're having a focus on education now. Yeah. Which is kind of the point at the beginning of this movie, why, you know, they install what's her face, the, that lady (laughs) that I just watched in a movie an hour ago. What was her name? Dolores Um, Umbridge. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so she makes some offhand comment about how the ministry is very interested in the education of young people. All right. So, um, so uh, l- just starting off, uh, I'm going to read this straight out of Wikipedia. The order of the Phoenix, a secret organization founded by Albus Dumbledore informed the 15 year old Harry Potter that the ministry of magic is in denial of Lord Voldemort's return under the ministry's influence. The daily prophet has launched a smear campaign against Harry and Dumbledore due to Harry's supposed encounter with Voldemort at the end of the previous year. Uh, this encounter has a huge psychological effect on Harry. He has nightmares, not only about what happened in the graveyard, but about the department of mysteries of the ministry of magic. While the order, headquarters at 12 Grimald Place Harry's godfather Sirius Black mentions that Voldemort is after an object which he didn't have last time yes um, so uh, it doesn't happen quite so fast um, uh, Harry uh, how does Harry get out of the uh, Dursley's house um. <laughs> really <laughs> I think they just come and get him it's, so, I don't, there wasn't like a big doesn't uh doesn't who isn't it ron um, ron comes and gets him doesn't ron come and get him brings him home and then isn't like hermione like oh harry you're here um no or is that the third one i think i think tonks maybe shows up or oh yeah yeah it's been a little while since i've seen it yeah i watched it seven months ago in preparation (laughs) for this podcast (laughs) um but yes uh so he shows up at 12 grimald place uh and um, and he is discovering uh, that uh, Voldemort is after this object. At the same time, the big thing here, and this is sort of uh, very much like the second, um, uh, in that nobody believes Harry. Right. Harry has encountered Voldemort. Nobody believes him. Um, again, from Wikipedia, from a, upon arrival at Hogwarts, Harry learns that the Minister of Magic, Cornelius Fudge, has appointed a new defense against the dark arts professor, Dolores Umbridge, a senior ministry official who, refuse, who refuses to teach practical magic due to her belief that Dumbledore is forming a rebellion against the ministry. Umbridge and Harry immediately clash. Um, I want to go uh, real, real quickly and talk. Uh, tell me what your impressions are of the order. What do you think of the Order of the Phoenix, these, this collection of people who were against uh, Voldemort, who are now sort of these used to be the last mm. the last generation at Hogwarts? It's it's yeah, I think this really broadens the scope of the history of Harry Potter. Um, it, it's interesting. They're an interesting collection. I mean, you've got the parents, the Weasley parents who you see all the time in like every movie, but you see them in a slightly different light here where they're part of this club, this yeah, kind you, of society. Yeah, you, you know? have Lupin, who you really haven't seen since the since the third one. Right, uh, you know. and uh, and then Sirius, of course, is, is there. Sirius... Um, is way different this time around. He's very, you know, he's all dressy and... and yeah, which yeah. is weird. <laughs> if you look but, at him last um, time, it's... But he is... He and I think Mr. Weasley both want to let Harry know what's going on and let him be a part of this and kind of like let him join the order. Why not? He It's about him anyway. Um, but mostly Mrs. Weasley is like, no, we need to keep him, keep him out of this. He's just a kid. Which I also think is Dumbledore's 
which is at Dumbledore's yeah. request, which he kind of, I think he kind of comes around at the end and says like, yeah, he made the wrong call there. You also have this African dude who's cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and is Mad Eyes there too, right? Yeah, he's not there so much. You see him a little bit here. A little and there. bit. You know, what I love is they got the actors back, some of them just to do little things here and there. And yeah. I think that's cool. Um uh you have all of them and then you have uh Tonks, kind of the punk rock yeah. you know, wizard chick. What I like Nymphedora, li- but yeah. she doesn't like to be called Nymphedora and then her hair turns red for some reason when So what I what I like that. about this, <laughs> when I talk about broadening the scope, you almost see what would be like the prequel trilogy of Harry Potter. Like you almost want to see the movies about these guys. Like, like you, you feel like you're watching. So, okay. So there was this movie called the color of money in like 1989. Um, I think it was 89 um, with uh, that starred Tom Cruise as a guy who played, uh, who played pool against Paul Newman or Paul Newman was like, like a guy who taught him how to be not such a flashy hotshot guy and he learns lessons, blah, blah, blah. But it is actually a sequel to a movie called the hustler. I've um, heard of that one. Uh, and The Hustler is a movie that starred Paul Newman in mm. this sort of flashy pool playing guy. And Paul Newman comes in as the same character in a much smaller role in this other movie starring Tom Cruise. And it's interesting. You almost get the sense of the first time, really. The, I mean, you've heard a lot about, you know, you know, the, the, the Marauders map and stuff like that, you know, that that you got the sense that there was stuff that happened before, but this is the first time you've really seen what the cast of those movies would be. Right. Like, like these are the older versions of this other giant story that happened that, you know, the ending to, but you don't know the pieces inside of it. And you know, one, one important person that I left off of here, because it was also kind of a shock to Harry to see him there was Snape. Yeah, Snape was a member. Snape of the, is a member of the Order of the Phoenix, and that that he kind of was like, "What? Snape's here?" Well, it's you see the thing is, is Snape is on every side. Yeah, Snape is the Wolverine of Harry Snape Potter. Snape is on his own side. So, I think. so there's there's <laughs> this when when they created the new X Men series, like I guess it's almost eight nine years ago that Joss Whedon wrote. Um, uh, they had uh, the Astonishing X Men, the New X Men, the Uncanny X Men. Um, there's the Avengers and there's this one thing and I don't think it was Joss who wrote the line where they were divvying up who's going to be on which team and Wolverine sits there and goes look guys I can't be on every team um, mm-hmm. because you want to put Wolverine on the cover of a comic because it will sell more copies yeah. um, and it's true that Snape truly is like wherever there's a group of people Snape will be among that group of people Yeah, good guys bad guys students it doesn't matter Snape's going to be there Um this is the beginning of Snape having some interesting things to do, which I think is fun. Um, One of which was hit Ron in the head. Yes. Which well, I found very funny. Um, <laughs> so we're going here. Uh, uh, we meet, um, going back to uh, to school, we meet Dolores Umbridge. Um, what an amazing performance. I don't even know who this, who this woman was. Um, uh, let me see who played Dolores Umbridge. Uh, she is really good. She is brilliant. Um, Dolores Umbridge is uh, la 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 is played by why is Amelda Staunton. Um, let's, I'm gonna Wikipedia her real quick and see where we've seen her before because she is um, she hasn't done much that we would see except she's on British comedy series. Um, she is incredible. What she does, the 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 animosity and the comedy that she plays with this character, um, equal parts. I'm able to laugh when I'm supposed to laugh at her being frustrated and think that she is also as Horrible. bad as yeah. Um, and I, I get somehow this like syrupy sweet. But but the syrupy sweet is funny fake. when it's supposed to be funny and scary when it's supposed to be f- scary. And I give a lot of credit to this actress who's able to pull off both sides of it. Much like Snape does. Snape can also be yeah. funny and scary. Um, and I think she does an, an astounding job. Umbridge and Harry immediately clash as she refuses to believe that Voldemort has returned and forces Harry to carve I must not tell lies into his skin on the back of his hand through a cursed pen. When Ron and Hermione notice these scars, they are outraged, but Harry refuses to go to Dumbledore as he has distanced himself from him since the summer. Um 
this is uh this is an interesting um this is an interesting thing here that that Dumbledore has been separate from Harry um which is first shown when when he gets him essentially out of jail like like going jumping back when Harry has his court date Dumbledore is like hey um Harry gets to go to school and and Harry's like hey Dumby and he's like nope boom he's gone yeah he tries to catch up to him right after the Later on, he says, don't call me Dumby. Um, <laughs> Sounds too much like Gumby. I Gumby. never liked a, that guy. It's like if Dumbo and Gumby had a kid, it would be Dumby. And I don't really, they called it. I didn't like that when I was younger. It would be like an elastic elephant. <laughs> Wait, you know, <laughs> like there are. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So, so Dolores Umbridge. Well, yeah, go ahead. Sickly sweet. And she's just really kind of scary and really yeah she's, uh, she's like creepy scary she's cre- she creeped you out yeah i find her found her threatening and tension building i was never really creeped by her that's interesting well and just the like when he's carving the you know i will not tell a lie or whatever into his hand how she just stands there and she just turns her back with this she enjoys like it. A little smile almost yeah, she at enjoys the corner it. of her lips. It's, yeah. yeah, it's like she's enjoying that he's having to do this. And I don't, the, the synopsis that you were reading said that Harry um, didn't go tell Dumbledore because of their separation. I didn't actually think, I didn't get that, that that was the reason he didn't go. I got that he was like trying to be strong about it or something. No, I definitely got the sense of, I'm not going to tell Dumbledore. Dumbledore is not you know he doesn't care hmm. again so angsty so angsty um and i'm wondering did um did she do this to other people as well i don't remember from the book um or did ron or hermione go and tell somebody because um i all of a sudden who do they have to tell they don't have any all, allies uh, no i all of a sudden lost um her last name minerva oh um, yeah, what's her name? No, I don't think they told her. They, she, not in the movie. Because she went, she went and confronted. Yeah, Umbridge saying she can't use these horrible tactics to to discipline the students. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I feel like well, it's yeah. There there maybe is maybe they went and told her, or maybe Umbridge is even worse than we think, and she's doing this to lots of students. I don't know. So uh, as we go, as we go on, as Umbridge's control over the school increases, Ron and Hermione, Ron and Hermione aid Harry in forming a secret group to train students in defensive spells, calling themselves Dumbledore's Army. The Slytherin students are recruited by Umbridge to uncover the group. Meanwhile, Harry and Cho Chang develop romantic feelings for each other and begin a relationship during Christmas. However, Harry discovers that his behavior is becoming erratic and possibly more similar to Voldemort's. That's what we were talking about before. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is this. So this is essentially the Rocky training montage of Harry Potter. Yeah, that there's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. You get to see they find the room of requirements. Yeah. Well, d- d- what what is that? <laughs> um, it's this room that only appears when it, someone when you really it? needs it <laughs> when you require it. Really? But if you're, you're a poet, and a prophet, if you're looking for that room you can't find it it's it's if you're like walking past it and you really need something for some reason then it'll be, it'll be whatever it was yeah. and and ron even says so like if you really need to go to the bathroom would it be a toilet yeah <laughs> and hermione's like yes actually it would yeah <laughs> um the the i just love the montage i love as you learn watch these kids become uh stronger and uh more powerful and you know, this is inter- it, is this this isn't the first time we've seen um No, it's not. Forget it. I was going to say the first time we've seen uh what's her name? The the blonde girl. Is it? Um Luna. Luna Lovegood. Did she show up in the third one? Or is this the first time we've seen her? I don't remember now. I know that they this might be the first time. I know that when she when she's first um there when they're out headed to the school hermione actually um introduces her to okay them. so this so is the first time we've seen her time we've she her. is the greatest invention she's so cool um and she sees what are the things she can see that other people can't um the these like horse-like things i forget they're called like um 
tethrals or, or yeah. uh, something like that. Boy, wow, people are hating you right what? now. What? What is it? What, what is, is it, it called? They're called like. What are they called? I don't know. Find I'm looking it. them up. I'm not. I'm. Yeah. So we're tethrals or tethrals yes. or celestrals or something. Yeah. <laughs> something that sounds vaguely like that. Um, but there's these like weird-looking horse things that are invisible to most people. But if you've seen death then you can see these creatures and they're kind of ugly but beautiful at the same time well and the and, and the the way that they that they created them they're really 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 interesting um uh so yeah the thestrals i, I told the you thestrals <laughs> yes it's like thestrals some weird word um but they're called butts they're just called butts that's all they want to talk about in this movie is butts um so uh yeah so she can see them she also talks about nargles but nobody seems to know what nargles are um nargles are like always Nargle. taking her stuff um but yeah she's just this really 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 interesting really innocent um kind of aloof but does still somehow know what's going on do you like her i do why 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 um, we can assume that people listening have actually seen the movie. <laughs> so instead of just like saying what the movie is about, like, why? Why do you like um, it? But isn't this like a book report? Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Um, I I don't know. I just, I really like how the actress portrays her. She's, yeah. She doesn't seem um, crazy. Like she seems, she's a little aloof. She's a little loony, but she's. The question is, is, is she loony really or does she know? She it seems like she actually knows things. Yeah. But like she just, she just enjoys being a little bit aloof and a little bit different. And I really like her and she's very sweet and she's very, um, very genuine, very honest. And she, she tells Harry that she believes him and her father believes him. I don't think, uh, well, obviously we haven't met her father before since we just, but we will, we will in the future. Um, and she talks about the fact that she lost her mother when she was, I think, nine or something, um, which is how she can see the best roles. Um, she just finds she finds beauty in things like the, these horse things. Um, she goes over and she's like, she's so kind. She goes and brings one of them a little apple or something. And it, just that, I don't yeah. know why, that like stuck with me. But like, she doesn't have to do that. Like, I'm sure there's... They have a gamekeeper, don't they? Yeah, and right. Hagrid, whose job it is to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and like. he would definitely know. So. <laughs> All right. So um, Harry has a vision involving an attack upon Arthur Weasley in the Department of Ministries, yes. fearing Voldemort will exploit his connection to Harry. So let's talk about that. Uh, Arthur Weasley is attacked and Harry can see him being attacked because Harry can see what, what, Voldemort, what Voldemort sees. sees. Yeah. Um, Although he doesn't, I don't think he realizes that right away. But there is a connection. Like they can get sort dream. of into each other's head, um, which is a factor throughout the rest of the series. Yes. Um, fearing Voldemort will exploit his connection to Harry, Dumbledore instructs Professor Snape to give Harry occlumency lessons to block his mind from Voldemort in Voldemort's influence. I loved this. Yes. This was... This was really cool. Well, one, you got to learn a lot about Snape. Yes. And where he's coming. Made Snape... A much more uh, made him a much a much more sympathetic character to mm -hmm. me because now, because now you understand because Harry at some point after he's gotten enough training Harry turns it around and gets into Snape's yeah. mind at one point and so you see a little bit of Snape's back history and he's being kind of teased by James Potter yeah and he's had a a thing for Lily where he he like has a crush on her, but James is the one who has her. And so you can see why, why he feels the way he does toward Harry. What's interesting about the child of about, the woman he loved and this guy who teased him father figures in this. I want, and I wonder if it's JK Rowling's issues with men, honestly, <laughs> uh, but father figures are idolized and then brought down in this a lot. It happens to Dumbledore by the end of the series, Snape, it happens to, although he's not truly a father figure, but he's a figure who's looking out for you. Certainly the Dursleys, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, and then, and there are ones like Sirius who are brought up, but, um, but it is, you know, it, you go back to the, the, 
Kenneth Branagh character in the second movie. You know, they, like they, the men are idolized and then basically cut in half. And this is starting to happen to, and I guess it's a natural thing for a 15 year old to discover that his father was a person who wasn't perfect. Yeah. And Harry was flawed. Yeah. He did I, things like teasing someone and hanging yeah. them from their underwear from a tree. Well, and I get the sense that, that uh, Lily Potter remains idealized through the, through the end of the series. Yeah. You never find out, you know, she was a whore, you know, <laughs> she, man, she, she, I, you see, cause I wonder if your parents will listen. So I, I can't say everything <laughs> you want to say, but I was going to say something awful regarding wands. Um, uh, okay. My, just leave that. To you know, the just leave that to the imagination. But the, but yeah, you like, you never hear about what a what a f up she was. I won't even say fuck. What's wrong with me? <laughs> no, I just did. Um, but but you you never hear what a screw up she was. Um, but you like you by the end like I don't necessarily like James Potter. Yeah. Like he's not a guy that I that well, I. But we don't know enough about him. We know one point of view. We know one thing from yeah. the point of view of the guy who doesn't like him. So of course it makes us a little bit not like him. Yeah, but there are things not to like. Um. Uh, so um. So he's taking these lessons from Snape to try and protect his mind from um, Voldemort, so that they won't have that connection, or so that he can at least. Uh, sort of block him from well, his it's, mind. And the thing is, I feel like that there's a section of this movie that's like a, a, a good chunk of it, which is a training montage. It's Harry's being trained by Snape and Harry is training Dumbledore's army. And, you know, it's all about Harry getting stronger, Harry becoming the this massively cool wizard at the same time that he's training other people, especially Neville, who's, yes. who by the end is a really powerful. I love powerful, Neville. He's a great character. He's really powerful by the end. I mean, he's really good. Um... And I mean, by the end of the series, he's he's really good. He's uh, he's, you know, one of the strong ones. Um, but you get to watch everyone be, you know, be sort of inspired and strong. Um, at the same time, you get to watch the deepening, you know, relationship such as it is with Snape. Um, uh, going back. Um, uh, do, 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 do. These lessons increase Harry's psychological problems as he's forced to relive everything bad that has ever happened to him. During one lesson, Harry got annoyed at what he saw and requested a break, but Snape refused and forced Harry to continue the lesson. This only got the spell reversed on him by Harry, when it, where Harry sees the vision on why Snape hates his father. We just talked to him. Um, the connection between Harry and Voldemort leads Harry to distance himself from everyone, and he pushes not only Ron and Hermione, but Ginny, Neville, and the Weasley twins and Luna away as he feels so angry all the time. Um, now... We get the end, the introduction of another insane character, Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah. Sirius's deranged cousin escapes from Azkaban along with nine other Death Eaters. Um, wow. Yeah. What do you even say about her? I don't know. Like Helena Bonner Carter might be playing herself. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, so, okay. So I saw, um, did you see the King's speech? Uh, yes. Yes. She plays such a reserved, such a different British, character and I think she, than anything else. Didn't she's ever she done. get? Didn't she get a? I don't. I wouldn't say anything else she's ever done. Most of her popular Most. work. Um. I. But I would say that she is. She is. In that, she shows so much nuance. In this, she is just bonkers. She's crazy. Yeah, and becomes she's, more crazy as time goes on. Um, she's crazy like um talk talked like a fox no. um, <laughs> i was thinking that talk, talk to talk to me when we get to uh deathly hallows because i think she does the greatest performance i've ever seen her do in deathly hallows when isn't she, she when she plays hermione playing her isn't she in um the yes the, the demon barber of fleet street yeah she's in every tim burton film because she's tim burton's girlfriend yeah, but th- yeah. who does she play in that? She plays uh, Mrs. Lovett. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So this character and she's the and that character, I feel like are very similar. Oh, uh, I know. I not, don't. Not at all. No. Okay. Not. I, I utterly let me, and completely let, let disagree me, with you. Let me change what I'm saying there. Slightly. To the opposite of that. <laughs> no. That that the. What I mean is they're totally different. No, no, no. I mean, the characters are not similar i mean her i feel like her portrayal of her physicality there's some similarity very similar the, but the she's a romantic character in that the, a little bit yeah but I, I almost feel like she is in this too though no are you kidding 
not yeah, no, not no. romantic in no. a lovey-dovey way, but like she's got like two scenes and she's nut she's nut bar in both those yes. scenes. I don't know. Yeah. I always feel like there's something between her and Voldemort. Um, a that's an interesting. I don't huh. know. Maybe I'm making that up. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, she's absolutely bonkers. The Death Eaters escape. Um, uh, Umbridge and her Inquisitorial squad. Which, yeah, I feel like we're getting a lot of like pseudo heavy communist slash Nazi. You know, like we're we're getting the sense of 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 that. I think that the imagery is is definitely there as to how it's all getting taken over. Um, She's questioning everyone. Yeah, there's They're all that. They're not allowed to organize yeah. anymore. Um, uh, D- Dumbledore covers up for her. I love this scene where Dumbledore covers up for Harry and and says that What's-Her-Name can continue to live on the on the campus. And then he's told he's under arrest. And he's like, he's like I accept I'm under arrest, but if you guys try and catch me. <laughs> D- um, disappears in a puff of smoke like a wizard would. And I just love his attitude. Um, I think it's it's funny when when this when Michael Gambon first took over the role of Dumbledore. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot. Yeah, I forgot until you said that that this was the second Dumbledore. The original. Hello, Harry. Yes. Oh, oh no. You keep. I like. I. I am down now yeah, with this. This, guy, this Dumbledore that is. Dumbledore could not have played this as well. Yeah, I he think. could not have done this. You know, and that's to say nothing about Richard Harris. Richard Harris was a powerful. A powerful actor um, who could who in his youth was was fiery. Watch Camelot, man. This guy, this guy could be romantic and at the same time, you know, I swore you had taught me everything from eight. I mean, just like brilliant. Uh, so so I'm taking nothing away from him, but I don't think that at his age and his choice for Dumbledore that this sort of stuff that is being played could be played. Um, so. Uh, with Dumbledore gone, Umbridge becomes the new headmistress, and uh, Harry's relationship with Cho falls apart, mostly due to Cho having betrayed Dumbledore's army, although she was under a truth serum. Um, then you have one of my favorite scenes in any of the Harry Potter films, uh, as the Weasley twins revolt and set off fireworks in the Great Hall. <laughs> um, I watched this last night. I had to sit down with you and watch this scene, because it is watching her just get her comeuppance. It's fun. It is fun. Um, Especially when the big there's uh, one part where it has like this big thing that kind of looks like a dragon, I think, and it kind of yeah. like snaps at her. Oh, it, it's, it's just it is fun watching her get what's due to her. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione rush to Umbridge's fireplace to alert the Order of the Phoenix for via the flu network, since the only one not being monitored. But Umbridge stops them before they can do so. When she threatens to use the Cretaceous curse to get information out of Harry about the trio's intentions, Hermione deceives Umbridge into entering the Forbidden Forest in search for Dumbledore's yes. secret weapon. So now they play it off, and I, I don't like I, this in the movie. I'll be, I'll come straight out and go. This seems all of a sudden Umbridge is as stupid as a Scooby Doo villain. She's like, oh, <laughs> the forest? I must oh. go there. I yes. won't tell anybody where I'm going. I won't fig- take. She won't take like an army of people with her. Yeah, seriously. And um, she figures out once they're there and yeah. can't find, and like there's like shackles there where. Um, Gwarp. Yeah. Grop. Grop. Garp. Grop. Yeah. Whatever his name is. Well, I also was. I think is is so poorly done. I feel like the of all the great things in the film, the CG to do yeah, him the CG was not very is good is him. bad. I feel like. I feel like this scene undermines how sinister she was. She got control out of the entire school. She was, I mean, she played them. She was Hitler, man. Yeah. She she played the chess game and she won. And, and then, then it's she like, gets fooled. And she gets the Scooby-Doo ending. And I'm and not it, sure how I feel about Hermione tricking her into, I mean, obviously she, Hermione had to do something. You you, I don't know if she actually had... Um, planned this out if she had thought through what she was doing oh no i, mean, I feel it, she, it she seemed in the movie like it. they're improving. yeah I mean, it seemed in the movie like but they're it's so telling harry asks what her plan is or something and she's like i don't know i'm just saying this so, so yeah i mean it's but i feel like it had to have been planned what well, would no i think i just i mean i think i think i mean not not since not since Luke is is giving a salute to R2 on Jabba's sail barge. Has there been such an absolutely telegraphed, ha ha, big wink 
we're gonna do something and the bad guy has no idea and i feel like they're telling us the audience i mean i expected now of course i've seen it before but i automatically expected okay they're going into the woods okay that's where the giant i didn't know that that's what they were doing i didn't know that they were going to the woods too i didn't i just knew that every that you would have to be like knocked in the head and drunk to not tell that they're fooling you yeah because clearly clearly they are and the fact that she just falls for it um i think undermines her whole character and i feel like it's a bad choice um but i'm willing to forgive it because the next part is awesome um so uh uh when umbridge tells harry to make the centaurs let her go and she means them no harm harry says sorry professor i must not tell lies ha 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 yeah harry harry hermione ron luna neville and Ginny. uh fly to the minute which there's a little now you can see a little tension between Ginny and and harry um fly to the ministry of magic on thestrals an attempt to save sirius um so they're going there to save sirius uh and they're going to go into the hall of mysteries and it's awesome the six enter the department of mysteries where they uncover a prophecy involving harry and voldemort okay what (laughs) <laughs> so i don't have this problem with the book a problem with the movie but i will say this it's visually astounding it's amazing but he's after the physical representation of a prophecy that dumbledore already knows clearly knows what the answer to this prophecy is he already knows what the prophecy does is he? you think he does well he explains it like at the end like but doesn't Ma- like, Harry tells him and then he explains it, yeah. right? Yeah, but... So like, maybe he didn't know. Uh, maybe he's just really smart. Quick on his feet. No, <laughs> yeah, I think... No, because by the end of the series, you know, spoilers, we know what Harry is. You know, we know that Harry needs... You know, we know the reason that one can't die without the... Uh, like... Hmm. Like it... And, and the prophecy... Yeah. Is it the knowledge from the prophecy? That like like clearly Voldemort is after this prophecy in a big bad way, and yet now by and by the way, when he finally shows up, you would expect that he would be pretty pissed, wouldn't you? Because he never does get the prophecy, because um, Malfoy is a klutz and drops it and breaks it. Ah ah ah! But um, he is pissed. Because I think in Order of the Phoenix, correct, correct me if I or in Half Blood Half Blood Prince, correct me if I'm wrong. Malfoy is a different guy. He's a changed guy. He's like he is not so. He's not like the number two, which he yeah, kind of seems is, to be. Yeah, he is. He is. He's he's got like a scraggly like facial hair. Yeah. He's, he's like you get the sense that he is not. I just in good thought shape. I don't know. I felt like I, I thought that I would. See and especially some by sort the, especially by the reaction. Se- by the seventh one, you really get the sense. I also misremembered. I remembered it breaking, but I misremembered it when I was going into watching it this time. I thought I remembered Harry actually smashing it. You know, here's the thing: if if this were the most important prophecy in the world, you think you might not put it in glass. <laughs> like when I was in sixth grade, I had to take an Oops. I had to take an egg and drop it from a ladder and build something around the egg to stop it from breaking. Let's put glass. Yeah, I know. I've decided glass is what to do. Yeah. Um, and it is interesting. They do at least address the question of, well, why can't Dumbledore just, I mean, not Dumbledore, Voldemort just go there himself and get it? Yeah. Because that's very obvious. Like, well, okay, so why did, why does he need to what trick was the Harry answer? into coming? It, the answer was that only only the person about whom the prophecy was made can go get it. Isn't it about Voldemort? Uh, that's what I would think. <laughs> 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 well, no, it's about Harry. Oh, maybe it's, it's that the Death it Eaters start, couldn't go get it. It starts out with yeah. it being about Harry, that he's he's one who will be able to defeat the Dark Lord, will is approaching or is coming or something like that. And then it talks about... Oh, who cares? They, they run go. around and glass breaks <laughs> and then they destroy all the prophecies. But wait, wait. I do want to say something about the prophecy what? that the voice that you hear speaking the prophecy uh-huh. is Professor Trelawney. Interesting. Who and, who and I think there's been the one some comment. She was ever right about. Yeah, I think there's been some comment in either future movies or in this one that yeah. that there she has had one prophecy that came true, and that was Harry. Um, and again, you know, uh, it. Again, the the man. There's so much here. Um, there's a ton here. 
Um, they're the, running around. There's yeah, glass so, breaking. Yeah, they knock over these things they like destroy dominoes. All the prophecies. All of Nobody them. seems to care. Nobody ever gets to know about the... Pro- <laughs> like, I would think the next movie would be about... <laughs> it would be like 10,000 wizards all coming and going, um, excuse me, but I never got to learn yeah, my yeah. prophecy so, yeah, because the, the, you guys went in and trashed the place yeah, the, and I'm it would not be like, happy. Like, like it, it would be like... Cause, so, it's spoiler for the next movie. The next movie starts with like, Voldemort's back, you know, and the thing that happens that we're about to talk about and... And Harry's sad and it's all dramatic. And then Harry goes kind of back to the muggle world and then there's like weddings and stuff. And look, man, I understand that Harry's got like a big mission against Voldemort and and that like he feels bad about people. You can't just break it. Like I can't go like, oh, you know, someone is out to kill me and someone's out to, you know, you know, do something bad. And, and let's say, I don't know, let's say Jack the Ripper is back. Um so I'm going to go into the Louvre or the New York Metropolitan Museum of Art and trash all the paintings. Or you know, I'm going to go... I'm going to break in... Break into Congress. <laughs> yeah, or into the, yeah, the Library of Congress. Because this is essentially... The like, Library of Congress. Yeah. This yeah. is essentially part of the ruling... Yeah. I'm going to break in know. and I'm going to destroy priceless, irreplaceable things by the thousands. And sure, Harry did that. Now, but, granted... I don't think they intended to go in and destroy. It doesn't all matter. Things, no, but, but but they they did intend to break in, and in their breaking in, they were like you would think there would be like civil suits <laughs> against them. You know, like like you would think. Well, and the thing is that everyone's like against Harry in the next film. What I don't get is why all six of them aren't in like serious legal trouble. Yeah, like they've done something here. That well, because they were they were doing it to protect. It was for the greater good. I know, but they were doing. They it were to, doing it to protect people from Voldemort. Sure. And when Fudge shows up at the end, and the yeah. or show up, and Voldemort's at the end, there, and goes, I guess that overpowers. He goes, <gasps> He's back. Yeah, but but yeah, but still, like like if I'm if I'm Joe, but you everything know, else if in I'm, the movie prior to that is forgiven when he goes. <gasps> He's back. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> you know, and I'm so I'm like Joe Smith in the American Wizarding School, which we never see. Like there are no <laughs> Americans. And in the American Wizarding School, I'm like, wait a minute. I had like seven or eight important prophecies that I had stored there. And I'm sorry that you Brits got Voldemort problems. OK, but how does that influence like what? Where's my stuff? You can't just say, <laughs> oh, the place burned down because six teenagers broke in yeah i guess the ministry of magic would be for all magic not just not just the ones from that school right yeah it's like this is the thing man this is the oh man so like prophecies for across the globe okay look we gotta we gotta let certain things go um i will say the way the death eaters move around is awesome yeah um the way they appear well and then when the order of phoenix appear okay so yeah i want to talk about this because well but they do it with light instead of smoke yeah yeah um, it's really cool looking. It's really cool, but my favorite part of the movie is here, and almost any of the problems that I have um, are forgiven here, where we have finally a wand battle to speak of. This yes. is awesome. This influenced oh, ninjas versus hold zombies. On, All right, actually, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Back up. Yeah. Because yeah. I actually did want to say, as yeah. I was watching the movie, yeah. I was having a little commentary in my head about what things I wanted to comment on. Well, what happened to that? <laughs> and, <laughs> Hey. Hey. And one thing I wanted to specifically say was it yeah. did bother me that when they were in there before the Order of the Phoenix showed up, that it was like stupefy, 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 stupefy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it really stupefy. bothered me that, that they, they all, were like they had to all, yell out their spells. All, they had to yell them out and they had to use like the same two spells over and yeah. over again. Well and the thing like, is you've been to Defense Against the Dark Arts. You've well, been training they, with Harry. The, did the, you really only book, learn two spells in all of that time? In the book, didn't they like get to the point where they sort of explain how you sort of like mouth it in your mind, like quietly, and then you can do it? Like, because clearly, clearly, Harry doesn't have to do that. And right, the, Harry doesn't, and the Order, all of the other students do yeah. have to say it out loud. Harry does not, and the Order of the Phoenix and the Death Eaters do not say anything yeah. out loud. They just flick their wand and stuff flies out of it. Yeah, and you would think that, that Hermione wouldn't have to do that either. Yeah. That she'd be down, like she's practicing all the time. But so, anyway. But, 
Okay, but it's so really cool when so the wand battle back here back and forth. Yeah, and the wand. Well, the thing about the wand battle that I really appreciated, and I took, uh, I used this to train any magic battles that I had. I used this as the example for magic battles that I did in any of the ninjas versus movies, which was the way that you use your magic. Um, I don't want two people doing it the same way. I want you to physically feel your magic. So if you watch the way these guys use their wands, they all hold their wands differently. They yep. move their wands yep. differently. The way they, it really seems Sirius like they're dueling. Is very um, flourishy. Yeah. About his magic. Well, it feels like they're dueling and like they're doing physical damage to one another. And even in Ninjas versus Monsters, I use that specifically to go, you know, I want you to imagine like your wands are whips or swords or you know, and that it extends past that. And I want you to feel the hmm. physical impact of the other person's. I mean, you, you, there's really fight choreography. That's really happening. interesting. Imagining yeah. the wand as a specific instrument. Like yeah. And, 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 and how a... do you use it? And, and how does it feel when the other person's hits yours? And at one point, uh, when Sirius turns to him and goes, good one, James. Oh, you know, that and, is the, the you best it, you, and worst moment in the do movie. Do you notice the music cuts out? does it yeah there's no it music ju- it, it just i mean i i dread i look forward to that as it was getting closer i was looking forward to that moment and also dreading it because i know yeah what follows immediately after he says that and yeah. but i know that that must be such a wonderful feeling for harry to be there with his godfather yeah, totally. and have him slip up and call him his dad's name that must be such an awesome thing and then immediately after serious down and he gets killed Damn it, Joss. Which I don't understand, though, this um, like doorway arch thing. Yeah, I feel like visually, I feel like visually it hurt what they were trying to do. I did not get the sense that that he was dead until like the third or fourth time I saw. And I realized she says Avada Kedavra. Um, yeah. Uh, because it seems like he's like sort of stupefied and then, and then falls he, like, in. Floats off. And, and I would have I would have wanted to see the sense that when that spell hit him, boom. He like was dead. Stiff and then, as a board, falls down on the floor. And then, or his body. Like Cedric. Yeah, or or his body, like, boom, he's dead. And then his body falls in. But it just sort of like, he's hit, and he's just kind of like, oh, floaty. And I yeah. didn't get the sense that And I like, don't know what that, that archway thing was. I felt like, I don't remember now, because it's been so long yeah. since we read the books, but I felt like the books explained it more than the movie did. But it didn't matter because, like, he was dead. It was the spell, the death spell that killed him. It should have yeah. been like a bullet to the head and then he falls in. But that's, you know, Alexia would argue that I like stuff like that, that I want, <laughs> I want to hurt people um, in movies. I want, I want like the more emotional impact it can have. You know, I, I want, you know, him to turn and go, Harry, I'm your real thought. You know, and then, you know, I mean, I just, I just want it to be even more painful. You want Voldemort to say that. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. I want everything to come back to Star Wars. Speaking of Voldemort, finally Voldemort shows up. Yes. And then Dumbledore shows up. Yes. And, and they this, have this is battle. This but is not. Before they have this battle, did this, this battle remind you of the of the of the music battle in Scott Pilgrim, where they just kept conjuring <laughs> and stuff? <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Sorry. That's funny. Um, but before they get to that point, it, it you have more of this um, Voldemort. It's almost like he's going, come to the dark side, Luke. Yeah. Where he's he, also torturing he Harry. He's torturing him. And he's him. saying, come on, Harry, just say it. It's just words. It's just a spell. You know the words to say. She killed him. And he's yeah. trying. It's like it's like the, the emperor. The emperor. Yes. yes. Trying to convince him like, come on, just do it. Strike just do it. Come with on. All of your hatred in your journey toward the dark side <laughs> shall be complete. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whoa. So, um, yeah. yeah. But then he resists. There's and a bit of Star Wars. And that's, I, feel I get like the that's sense that David you... Yates is a bit of a Star Wars fan because there's yeah. a bit of Star Wars in here. And I feel like that's where Jedi that is where Harry makes the choice. Throughout the movie, he's been not sure what's going on, not sure if he's becoming like Voldemort. And I know a- after that, Dumbledore talks to him about it, but I feel like that was like kind of a turning point for him that he actually made this decision. Stands no, up and goes, I am a Jedi, like I my am, father before me. I am me. not going to do this. <laughs> yeah, there's more than a little Star Wars in here. So... Sirius dies. Uh, Dumbledore defeats Voldemort um, somehow, which I don't quite under. I don't. I didn't understand. Well, no, Voldemort no, no. no. In I, this I, one. I feel like they came to a draw, 
and then all of a sudden you had the entire Ministry of Magic. And look, Voldemort, when it comes down to it, Voldemort can like is equal in power to Harry. He's equal in power to Dumbledore. You know, he is not uh, he is not able to take on solo all the higher ups in the Ministry of Magic. He can't do that. Yeah. He's not Q from Star Trek. You know, but, he's, I, so but I don't think that he's, I don't think he, he, uh, I felt dis- like it was a draw. Dis- I don't I, think he disapparated until. No, they all ran in. They were like, there he is. He, yeah, like, but I thought he was already in the process of leaving when they came there. I thought there was like more of a, like, it was just like, oh, we're out of time. Yeah, just no, I got the sense. I got the here. sense. The reason that he left was because everyone was showing Maybe. up. And like, I guess that's possible. Well, actually, now that I think yeah. about it, I think Dumbledore actually said to him, "The Aurors are on their way." So yeah. So, but, but there was also this weird like I, I do sand like the, thing. I like, I like, like the, he became sand, and then he was yeah. like in Harry's mind. He can do whatever he wants. He's he's Voldemort. You know what I do love is that uh, is that Dumbledore refuses to call him Voldemort. Yeah. Always Tom. Tom. Always Tom. Yeah. Always Tom. And bringing I bring him back down to yeah. It's, hey Tom. <laughs> yeah, it's Tom, fun. Tom, you shouldn't have come here. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, at the end, you know, it ends on a down note. It's a downer, and and really, it it just kind of ends. Yeah, there's not a very good ending to this one. Well, but but, part but there's th- also not really a cliffhanger. It's just kind of like part six starts. Yeah, stuff sucks. Part six starts like there. Does it? Like that? It starts remember. with Harry there. Having mm-hmm. like just watched. Now him I die. actually want to like go n- watch the next one. Yeah, totally. Well, I think I think one. that it leads you to want to do that. Um, uh, wow. Well, we've we brought you through the entire plot um of the film. Uh, what is your thought about this film in comparison to the to the four that have come before? Um, in terms of style or just like everything. In terms of everything, and I and I want to then I'll come forward with my strong statement. Um. Hmm. What's your strong statement going to be? Can I beat you to it? Sure, beat me to it. <laughs> I don't know. I think, um, as you pointed out, stylistically, it's it's um, darker. It's more angsty. It's more real as opposed to the kind of like, oh, isn't this cute magic? Look at all the fun, cool things we can do. There's um, none of that. There's, there's none, none of that. Of that it's very, this. it's dark. It's This is all serious stuff. No and, pun intended. Um, yeah. <laughs> Even serious is serious. Yes, I know. When he dies, time. he goes to join the satellite radio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with Howard Stern. So Hey now. Uh, um yeah, so I like the this the style of it. It seems much more grown up, much more like okay, the, they're turning into adults now. This is not a kids movie anymore. This is definitely not a kids movie anymore. Um and I like I don't really like Harry in it, but I don't know that you're really supposed to. You're supposed to go through something with him. Yeah. He doesn't like Harry. In yeah. This. I, guess I like him true. by the end of it. He doesn't really I like, like him himself. by the end of it. He makes good choices by the end. I feel like Herm- I sympathize- Hermione and Ron did not have anywhere near enough to do in this movie. But they I felt they, I felt they did a good job much. with their characters. They did. But whereas, just whereas in the fourth much. one, I felt like she was overblown she, all the time. Yes. Hermione was way better in this yeah. one than, than the last one. I forgot that she was really not very good in the last was there, one. Was there Quidditch in this one? This no, wasn't Weasley is our king at all, was no, it? No, not at all. No all right. Quidditch in this whatsoever. Oh, they canceled it. Yeah. Which I don't, they didn't even, unless it was like some quick passing comment, yeah. I don't think they even mentioned that in the movie. So, it was just not there. So this is so this is my thought and, and I'm going to come out and say it. This is my favorite of all the Harry Potter films. Of all of them? Including the ones to come. Really? Yeah. There are, and I, hmm. I mean, if you, you can go back, co- we're going to go ahead and review the Deathly Hallows again, because this all started it's with the, you and um, I, do, do, well, this all, this, this whole podcast started, if you go back months with you and I reviewing uh, the Deathly Hallows. And, and so we reviewed it and then we went back to the beginning and the promises that we're going to review it again. And I had real problems with the Deathly Hallows, although I've, I've never watched them back to back as a single experience, which is what you and I are going to do. Six hours of Harry Potter in one day. Wow. Um, is that next or is there another no, one? No, there's one more before that. We're okay. going to, we're going to watch this weekend record ahead of time. What's, uh, when, what one has Barty Crouch Jr.? That's the fourth one. Is that what one are we on right that's now? That's Goblet of Fire. <laughs> this is the fifth one. Okay, so that was the Which last one has one. the doctor? That's okay. your question. Yes, because now we are watching Doctor Who. So. 
So would you, if you like Doctor curious. Who, you can listen but, to but the so wait, so podcast too with Phil Stamper. So Sorry. wait, so I don't yes. understand why. Can I talk about why this is my favorite film? Hold on, but I just want to. I just want to ask this because I'm confused now. I don't understand why. Because I dream of consciousness I was, radio. Yes, I was thinking it the whole time that I was watching that I don't understand why the Minister of Magic is denying that Voldemort has come back when his son was directly involved in everything in the last movie. Is he thinking like? Is it that he doesn't believe that Voldemort is back again? No, since he, then or no, he doesn't believe he doesn't believe that Voldemort is is physically is physically back. back and i don't know if this is the same minister of magic i, I think, think this is a different guy i think this I think, isn't barty crouch senior no i don't think it is i think the minister of magic I is a know. different guy in this um maybe i yeah. know at some point he changes but i thought it was still barty crouch senior no i think one. barty crouch quits maybe he resigned because his son was dr hugh <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> Um, yes. Sorry. So go ahead. So, Say why this is your favorite. Okay. So it's. I like the angst. I like the darkness of it. I think it's really fast. You're kidding. I you think like darkness. Stop <laughs> it. Um, I think it's really fast paced. Um, I think that the, the the training scenes are really interesting. I feel like the characters change from the beginning to end. I think the, that although it has some plot problems, I think that the payoff at the end of the film is really strong. I feel like you really end up like like I feel like the battle at the end is the is the best battle that we will ever get. Even though there's not tons and tons and tons of destruction, although the chase has tons of destruction. I think the wand battle, all the good guys fighting all the bad guys, you don't get that again until Deathly Hallows and I feel like you don't get the intensity. I felt like that that is trying to be Lord of the Rings and is so epic. This is an epic. This is they're in a small room. All the good guys and all the bad guys in a small room just trying to kill it it's a bar fight yeah. um and it's it it's akin to the akin to the you know like the sword fight battles in a pirates movie you know it's it's there's so much happening um it's, it's like the big battles that you have in your movies yeah uh, yes when you have what you would refer to as the melee fight in each movie. yeah kind of kind of um, all the bad guys against all the ninjas yeah um, well and that's and that's the thing is i i feel like there are stakes i feel like there are changeovers there are interesting characters stakes um and chickens and um and yes stuff. uh sorry I, i'm feeling a little wacky now. yeah woo-hoo, it's 11 at night i got a glass of wine ah. <laughs> um but i really i really think um that it was it's just the the most solid thing is I'm I'm in the minority here. Um, everybody goes three. A lot of people go Deathly Hallows two. Um, a lot of people say the first one. No, the first one. Oh, a lot of people love the first one. A lot of people love but it's the so like kitty and yeah, but it's wide eyed. But it's but it it is it is wide eyed. There's a lot yeah. of wonder in the first one. There's no wonder anymore. There's no wonder to this film. This this film is 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 grounded in pain and whereas the first film is film is grounded in wonder a lot of people like that better um yeah nobody really points to this one but i i think that this I guess one it's like the you know spider-man discovering his power well this or is this whatever. is this is the this is um the middle chapter i feel like this is truly the empire strikes back of the series which is your favorite of all the star wars which is too. my favorite of all the films ever made <laughs> um like empire is my favorite movie so yeah i feel like there's so many so many similarities that that I, I got to call this my favorite of the Harry Potter series. And it's nice to be able to say that after complaining about Hermione in the fourth one. And, and I did like the third one, uh, hating the second one. It's nice to go this, this film. I will rewatch this film a lot. Um, it is good. It is good. It has many fun qualities. It's good. Um, I like it. So, um, hey, we're going to do this more uh, for the next few weeks, probably every 10 days or so. Uh, you're going to hear our reviews of uh, The Half-Blood Prince, uh, which we are going to record very soon. And then uh, finally, The Deathly Hallows uh, as a single podcast about... One uh, podcast about parts one and two together. W- well, we've already done one podcast about parts one and two together. So um, one more podcast again yeah. about parts one and yeah, two I together think, well, again. I think, and and I think watching them as a single thing and watching them in in now that we've seen all of them sort of in a row and and so t- so here's an idea: should we listen to our old podcast first to remember what we said about it before? Sure. Or, sh- or should we just record it no, and then no, be no, like, no. oh wait, we already said all that same stuff? Well, I would I would say that that 
that you guys, the listeners, should listen to them. Um, <laughs> I think that you'd enjoy it. Uh, but even if we do say the same stuff, just listen to it twice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think that you know I have some distance. We we recorded almost right after it was done in theaters uh, before. So so this is a this is a real chance to to put out our feelings now the time has passed and now that you know i and now that we've gone back through the entire well i think you know i think i had some things to compare i had to. some disappointment i had some things i was expecting i had you know there are things about about the deathly hells part two that i that i didn't you know i i've come out of saying that i like part one better than part two um am i gonna feel that way or can i see it as a single film and go okay as a single film this is the strongest and maybe i'll feel that way um uh, and maybe I can stop comparing it to the books and I'll, and I'll just be able to enjoy it for what it is. Uh, but this, uh, order the order of the Phoenix is my favorite and I enjoy it. Um, and I don't know that I'm going to be changing that, but we'll find out. Uh, if you like this, you can listen to a lot of other podcasts. Uh, if you haven't listened in a while, the network has changed a little bit. We have uh, podcast who the doctor who podcast we'll probably won't keep that name, but maybe we will, uh, with Phil mm-hmm. Stamper, um, going over an episode by episode review of the doctor who series that relaunched in 2005. It is great for both the new fan. And, uh, if you know them, uh, it's really fun to listen to you have uh, Garrett and RJ go Hollywood as you follow two guys uh, who uh, are trying to make it in Hollywood uh, coming from the entirely other side of the country. It's absolutely a must listen. If you ever thought about going out there, Um, you have the Trek off podcast, which is uh, our flagship show, Mm -hmm. our R rated comedy uh, Star Trek podcast uh, and ninjas versus you, which is uh, all about the ninjas versus monsters movie. That is now uh, nearing, nearing complete well not nearing completion, but ready to be put together. Uh, Watch for a trailer very soon. All of that can be found and found at endlightpodcast.com and go to endlightentertainment.com you'll find all of that plus the two movies we've made we got comic books we got uh, we've got stuff man <laughs> we got hours and i mean if you go to endlight podcast truly just search epn on itunes and you can find all of them or you can subscribe to like the whole network there are over there are hundreds hundreds of hours of free entertainment for you yes. so go Go enjoy it. Come back and see us on Pop Off or listen to us on Pop Off uh, in about 10 days. But for now, uh, my name is Justin. And I'm Kelly. Pop Off. Pop Off. You are listening to the End Light Podcast Network, home of Trek Off, the not safe for work comedy Star Trek podcast, and Pop Off, the movie review podcast. Also, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood. Finally, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of Ninjas vs. Monsters. All of these can be found at endlightpodcast.com or by searching EPN on iTunes. Search EPN on iTunes and subscribe to all of our free, fun shows. All from Endlight Entertainment. Awesome lives here.